Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. What relationship do you want your opening and ending to have? Is it a situation you want to reverse by the end? Or should your opening be a seed you plant that grows and gathers momentum by the final paragraph? Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. The playwright Edward Albee once said, the beginning of a story is like the opening of a curtain on a scene that was already in progress before the curtain parted, and the closing of the curtain doesn't mean that the action of the story really ceases, merely that we are now limited from watching it any longer. So the question is, How do you decide where to open the curtains on your story? How do you know where to begin? Well, the answer depends on the story you want to tell and on the unified effect you want to reach by the story's end. The challenge you're facing is to imply a lot about what happened before we entered the story, and to imply what may happen once the curtain closes. So your beginning simultaneously reveals and withholds. So we want our beginning to create some expectations or questions about how it all might end. The reader is eager to know if their expectations and predictions are right. There's a relationship between your story's beginning and its end. And this is why I often urge writers not to stress so much about their beginning, because inevitably it's going to shift. Both your beginning and your end will go through many refinements throughout the writing process. So allow things to shift. Today, I'm going to give you three ways to craft your story beginning with the end in mind. So before we talk about your beginning, let's talk about your ending. 
Now, you don't have to have your ending nailed completely to craft your beginning. Like I said, you'll be crafting both your beginning and end the more in focus they become, the more in focus your story becomes. Your first go at your ending most likely won't be your last, and the same goes for your beginning. But it helps to know where your story ends so everything you include in your story leads up to it. So start with the end in mind. There's nothing linear about the story writing process. You don't necessarily have to write your beginning before you write your ending. Imagine writing your story and not knowing where it's all leading up to. When we have no idea how the story will finally land, we can't really build the tracks to get there. So what do you need to know about your ending in order to write your beginning? Well, first, you need to know what your character wants and why he wants it. Now, if you haven't deeply explored your character's desire, go back and listen to episode 94, where I give you three steps to deeper character development and how it all relates to plot. This will help you dial in what your character wants and why, and what internal obstacles are holding him back. That's episode 94. I'll link in the show notes. So once you have your protagonist's desire dialed in, here are three questions to start thinking about how your story will end. Number one, will he get what he wants by the end or not? Now, if you're not sure, try out both scenarios and see what resonates most for you. Don't overthink this. Just trust your instincts. Number two, what event is the turning point? What's the point in the story where he must make a life-changing choice or decision? And number three, what internal changes will she be forced to make? What did she learn by the end? Now, once you have a rough idea of how your story ends, it's time to think about how you'll begin. What relationship do you want your opening and ending to have? Is it a situation you want to reverse by the end? Or should your opening be a seed you plant that grows and gathers momentum by the final paragraph? So let's look at three types of story openings. Opening number one, polar opposite of the ending. The beginning of Jane Mansfield's story, Bliss, is the polar opposite of the ending. In the story, Mansfield reveals that her protagonist's uncontainable feelings of bliss are just an illusion. Here's how she opens the story. Although Bertha Young was 30, she still had moments like this when she wanted to run instead of walk, to take dancing steps on and off the pavement, to bowl a hoop, to throw something up in the air and catch it again, or to stand still and laugh at nothing, at nothing simply. What can you do if you are 30 and turning the corner of your own street, you are overcome suddenly by a feeling of bliss? 
absolute bliss, as though you'd suddenly swallowed a bright piece of that late afternoon sun and it burned in your bosom, sending out a little shower of sparks into every particle, into every finger and toe. Okay, so we intuitively know that the day she is skipping towards is going to end in a reversal of those feelings. We know from that beginning that her life is not all that she believes it to be. And we know this because it's a one note feeling. There's no complexity to the bliss. It's just pure bliss. So the logical place for Mansfield to open the story is with Bertha's ebullient view of her life and to end the story with the dissolution of that bliss. And how is her bliss capsized? By the discovery of her husband's infidelity with her new friend Pearl, a woman who Bertha, quote, couldn't yet make out. So she senses something is off. She can't put her finger on it. But this ultimately reverses the bliss she felt at the very beginning. So the ending is a complete reversal of the beginning. There's a before and an after. Story opening number two, the seed opening. This type of beginning plants the seed and builds on it, creating escalating trouble. Now, all stories benefit from escalating trouble, but in the Mansfield example, it's more about escalating reveals. So we intuitively know Bertha's bliss is too good to be true, and throughout the day, she learns this too, through a building sequence of reveals. And these reveals gradually dismantle the bliss she felt at the beginning. But the seed opening starts with something surprising and gathers momentum from there. Here's an opening from E.L. Doctorow's story, Baby Wilson. I had taken up with her knowing she was this crazy, lovesick girl. It was against my better judgment. I was too accustomed to having my life made easy. I was stopped in my tracks by the smitten sweet smile and the pale eyes. With straight brown hair, she never fussed with but to wash it. And she wore long cotton dresses and no shoes in the business district. Karen, a whole year ago, and now she had gone and done this thing. She held it out to me all rolled up in a blanket. Where'd you get that? Lester, this is our baby. He is named Jesu because he is a Spanish-looking child. He will be a dark, Saturnine young man with slim hips like yours. The face was still red with its effort to be born, and its hair was slick with something like pomade, and it had small dark eyes struggling to see. Around his wrist was a plastic band. I don't want to hold him, I said. Take him back. Oh, silly man, she said, smiling, cradling it in her arms. It's not hard to hold a dear child. No, Karen, I mean, take him back to the hospital where you stole him. 
Okay, so he plants the seeds of trouble right from the first sentence, and his situation gets increasingly crazy from there. So each sentence reveals a little more, and things get increasingly complicated for our protagonist. So as he's trying to figure out which hospital he can return baby Jezu to, the five o'clock news broadcasts that police were on the lookout for this baby's kidnappers. So to protect Karen and himself, they both go on the lam from the authorities while Lester tries to figure out how he'll return Jezu to the hospital without getting him and Karen thrown in jail. So The final paragraph, though, is a flash forward to when Karen is pregnant with their own legitimate child, a boy they will name Jezu after the baby Karen stole. So Lester is in one emotional place at the beginning. He wants his life simple, and we can infer he has no interest in having kids of his own. And at the end, he's in a completely different emotional place. He does want this child. So opening number two, the seed opening. On to opening number three, the foreshadow. This opening allows us to intuit the ending. So what hints about your story's end can you bring to your opening? The expectations and inferences we derive from the opening paragraphs create suspense. So Grace Paley's story, Samuel, for example, ends with the accidental death of a boy who gets hurtled onto the train tracks. Here's how it opens. Some boys are very tough. They're afraid of nothing. They are the ones who climb a wall and take a bow at the top. Not only are they brave on the roof, but they make a lot of noise in the darkest part of the cellar where even the super hates to go. They also jiggle and hop on the platform between the locked doors of the subway cars. This beginning gives us a very uneasy feeling that something tragic is going to happen. So the beginning has all the DNA of the ending. It has all the DNA of what follows. What makes this technique effective is that while it creates expectations about how things might end, the ending simultaneously thwarts those expectations. Yes, there's a tragic accident. A boy dies, but not in the way we expect. Because as the boys play on the platform between the locked subway cars, there are concerned passengers who are watching and speculating. There's a woman who tells them to be careful before someone dies. But the boys laugh at her, they embarrass her, they silence her. And then there's the angry man whose, quote, boyhood had been more watchful than brave. And he pulls the emergency cord that halts the train and accidentally kills Samuel. So the ending is foreshadowed in the opening paragraph 
We're like those subway car passengers. We're concerned for the boy's safety, and we expect something tragic to happen. Okay, so let's wrap this up. There's a direct relationship between your story's beginning and its ending. So it's a good strategy to start with the end in mind. You want to think about what relationship you want your opening and ending to have. Here are those three story openings. Number one, the polar opposite of the ending. So your main character starts out one way and the end is a complete reversal of that. Number two, the seed opening. This is where your main character starts out in some kind of trouble and things become increasingly complicated from there. So the trouble mounts before he finds a solution. And opening number three, the foreshadow. This allows us to intuit how things will end and we read to see if our prediction is correct. So there you have it. I hope this episode gives you some idea about the relationship between your beginning and your end so that you can craft your story opening with the end in mind. Remember, your beginning and your end will go through several iterations as you get to know your protagonist more deeply and as you gain insight into what's at stake. So allow things to shift. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated with you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips, I only share an email. Sign up over at nancypinuccio.com. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.